Amen. We've been ministering on the subject of angels, and and uh, this came to my spirit uh, one one Tuesday during our prayer meeting. We were we were discussing and talking about the angels of the Lord and camping around about those that fear Him and love Him and and protecting us and and. Uh, uh, and we've been studying on that a little bit. I, I, I got back in some old notes I had years ago and uh, some old CDs. Well, they were cassettes, but Pat made CDs out of them. And I listened to them as I was looking at the notes and retyping and doing what all I need to do to make it more uh, pertinent for today for us in, the, in the time we're living in. But we're, we've been talking about the ministry of angels. Today we're going to get into and we've mentioned this, but we want to deal definitely with personal ministry of angels in our lives. I want to tell you something. Now, I'm, I'm not going to, I, I, I don't know if, I, I'd have to find the scriptures to, to, to back, I, I back up anything with scriptures. But some people think they got a guard, one, everybody's got a personal guardian angel, and that may be true. I don't know. But I do know that there's enough angels to go around for everybody. Amen. And, uh, and you know, we, we probably got more than one guardian angel, if you really want to get down to facts. Amen. Because they're, they're around us, they surround us, and the angels of God are real. Listen, angels are important in our life. They're important. Or, or, or if they wasn't important, God wouldn't allow them to manifest themselves the way He did, and God wouldn't have put it even in the New Testament the way He did, if angels are not important. Now, I, I want to start off by saying this. As we continue to study, uh, there's a lot of emphasis placed on the devil, of course, and, uh, and, and the demons that work with him and what they do. There's a lot of emphasis. I want to tell you something. The devil is magnified so often. Sometimes we talk more about the devil and his works than we do Christ and his works. And the thing is, if you talk about Christ and his works, Jesus defeated him 2,000 years ago. And his power is, is, is diminished. It's nothing as far as we're concerned as believers. His power is, he's powerless. He's toothless. <laughs> he don't have nothing to bite with. Praise God. All he's got is fear to work with and to put fear in you and anxiety and these type of things. And then eventually cause you to, if you get into fear, you can get into doubt. And even unbelief. And I don't want to get into either one of those. But look what Hebrews 1.14 says. Are they not all, talk about the angels, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? Now, these angels that we've been discussing and talking about is for one thing. They're for our benefit. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, right? So we're the heirs of salvation. So they're, they're ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them. Now, I want to emphasize that word minister. A lot of times, even in the Bible, when an angel of God showed up, fear gripped their heart. It was a fearful thing. But, you know, God doesn't want us to be fearful. When an angel comes around, <laughs> if an angel manifests himself, God doesn't want you to be fearful of the angel. The angel, remember, at redemption, we have been made a little in, in the position that Jesus is. And he is exalted far above all principality, power, and might, and dominion in this world. And when he, when he saved you and redeemed you, he elevated you to that position with him. Praise God. 
We're in that position with the Lord. And so there's a lot of emphasis placed on the devil and the demons and the de- demons that work with him. And I don't, I don't even like to talk about the devil. You know, you talk about him, and that gives him room to operate. If that's all you do is talk about the devil. Boy, I, tell, I felt the power of the devil the other day. I felt the presence of the devil the other day. And, you know, I'd much rather hear somebody say, man, wasn't the presence of God strong in that place? Didn't you feel the peace of God and, and the joy of the Lord? Now, I, I, I've, I've been in places where... Uh, People have heard the fluttering of wings, so to speak, you know, of angels. I, and I believe, I believe that. I believe that. I've never had that experience myself. I did have one experience one time uh, in a church my dad was pastoring. And, and it wasn't a big crowd that night, maybe 50 people. And my cousin was on the Hammond organ, and she was singing that song, How Great Thou Art. And, oh, she had a beautiful voice. All my cousins. I think with my dad's side of the... T- you know, family, they, he was hiding behind the door or something when all the gifts were given out, you know. And, uh, but, uh, but, you know, but I mean, my cousins can sing. I mean, they sing, and it's beautiful and anointed at the same time. But she sang that night by herself. How great thou art. Then at the end, she had everybody sing the chorus with her. Well, no, everybody that was singing, but it, it really wasn't what you call a loud, boisterous, choir-like song. You, how many understand what I'm saying? People were singing, but not really that boisterous. They had reel-to-reel recorders back then, and uh, they recorded that service, and they were playing back the service. And when it came to her singing that song, and people were singing, the people were singing, but when, when, the, when we played that back, it didn't sound like just a few people, weak voices, it sounded like an angelic choir. I mean, they it filled the room and the and the atmosphere and and the and the sound was so profound you couldn't doubt that it was the angels of God joining in. How great thou art! Because you know what? That's what they do. They worship the Lord. They worship the Lord, and so they were worshiping the Lord with us. But it caught it on tape. I can't explain it. I can't explain how it happened. I wish I could have kept that tape, you know, that reel-to-reel. But, uh, you know, nevertheless, I, I don't know what happened to it through the years. But, but uh, those things happen. You probably got testimonies of the same thing. But God's real. Amen? Now, angels are ministering spirits. Angels, that word minister means to do service. To do service for. We're not to worship angels. Angels should never be your object of worship. We're to worship the Lord. Exalt the name of Jesus. Never worship angels. I want to tell you something. If an angel comes to you and appears to you and says, bow down and worship me, you better say, get thee behind me, Satan, because that's not an angel of God. Amen? We're to worship the Lord and Him only. So, uh, But look what Paul said in Colossians 2. 16 through 22, let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding to a festival or a new moon or Sabbaths, which are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. Now, don't let anybody judge you in food or in drink. Uh, Listen, people have different ideas. Good people. And I believe some of, most of them are born again believers, but they still have these ideas about food and drink. How many's ever heard Christians shouldn't eat pork? 
Of course, that's a bad thing to say in North Texas. I know that. Because <laughs> I know a lot of you go hog hunting. <laughs> or you don't really hunt them, you just trap them. <laughs> but the thing is, uh, but there's some people, and now mind you, I think too much of something will always hurt you. You know, if it's not good for you. And I always look at it this way. If it's not really that good for me, I don't want to take too much of it, you know. But I do like pork. I love ham and eggs. I love pork chops and gravy. I love pork sausage and gravy. (laughs) Amen. But I just don't do too much of that because I know what will happen to me. (laughs) But... But he said, don't let no one judge you in food or drink. Don't, in other words, I don't look down on anybody if they don't feel like they should do something in food or drink. Amen? I, I'm talking about, now, the Bible said don't drink wine. Uh, we're in his excess, it said. But, but I, I think if we, if we can abstain, it said to abstain, and we need to abstain and, and not be involved in that. I, I tell you what, I've, I, I've seen some people get loopy, you know. And they're kind of funny when they get too much drink. Amen? And I don't want to be like one church I heard about up north. They uh, had a work day for, and told them everybody to bring all their friends, you know, to help them work. And they brought all their friends in. And after they got done, it was on a summer day, you know, real hot summer Saturday. And they were all working. And uh, all, the, all these men brought some of their friends from work. And they brought some of their friends. And, and they had four kegs of beer for them all. Boy, those men, now these men were not Christians, many of them. And they said, wow, we didn't know you did this. We'll come all the time. Well, you know, I think, that, I think there's got to be a line drawn. Amen. <laughs> and we still need to be uh, holy. Be holy because he's holy. Amen. And, uh, I, and anyway, we're not going to get on drinking this morning. That's not what I'm preaching about. I don't believe in it. Don't do it. Never done it. Don't want to do it. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. But don't be judged. By that, but let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility, and false humility, and worship of angels. Now, listen, you'll be surprised. There's a lot of people that are Holy Ghost filled that get into this. I don't think they do it on purpose, but they get into this and they almost worship the angel. I don't know if you remember a book that came out years ago. Um, somebody up in uh, the Midwest or something wrote a book. of This angel came and visited him all the time. And uh, I, I don't know if his name was Maroney or something like that. I can't remember the name on it. But uh, he'd sit down and just talk with him all the time. And, 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 uh, and it, but it came almost a, t- a, a, a facet of worship. Worshiping the angel. I want to tell you something. God doesn't want us worshiping nobody but him. Angels are creations of God. They're creatures of God. They're creations of God. We're creations of God. We don't worship one another. As much as I adore my wife, I I cannot worship her. And she cannot worship me. We can adore each other. We can love each other. And we can, uh, uh, you know, just lift each other up. In that sense, without lifting them up in pride. Amen. But, but love is important. But the thing is, we're not to worship angels. 
intruded into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. And uh, so, so don't let nobody cheat us of our rewards and not holding fast to the head from whom the whole body nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments grow with the increase that is from God. Therefore, if you've died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you subject yourselves to regulations? In other words, I'm not into regulations. Hallelujah. I, 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 I've had some people say, I, I just, I remember one time I was losing weight and I just ate fish only, you know, mostly grilled fish. And I, I even went to Mexican restaurants and listen, Mexican restaurants is my favorite restaurant. I mean, I love Mexican restaurants, but, but you know, I even learned at Mexican restaurants, brother Hans, I can get me some grilled fish. And I can get that grilled fish and, that, and get a little rice with it, you know, and, and whatever, and, 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 it, and, it's, and put a little uh, salsa on it or whatever, you know, and it's still just as good as the stuff that's going to be bad for me. Amen? So I, I learned to do that. But the thing is, what we have to do is don't subject ourselves to regulations. I, 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 listen, I've been on a fast before. And I've, 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 I've visited preachers that were on a fast before. And I was with one preacher that was on a fast. I knew he was on a fast, so I wasn't going to help him break his fast, you know. I was visiting with him, and some people came in, and uh, they had come in from out of, out of, out of the state or out of the city, and uh, they, they wanted to uh, visit with him and, and take him to lunch. And he said, oh, I can't do that. I've been fasting for 21 days, and I can't do it. Well, you boast or quit boasting about it. I was pastoring. I had a group of guys come by me. I mean, it was on radio everywhere, and people were coming by, you know. And I was on a fast, and some people come in, and, and, and they said, Brother Clarence, these guys want to go to lunch with you. I said, well, tell them, come on in. They said, but aren't you fasting? I said, well, yeah, but I said, I'll just get back on it. <laughs> you know, we don't have to be in bondage. How many said what I'm saying? God doesn't want us in bondage to anything. And you can get spirit in spiritual bondage if you're not careful. It doesn't mean that you're not spiritual if you break a fast. This is good. I don't know why I'm saying all this, but it's good anyhow. But we, but we, but we do fast and pray. Why? Because Jesus said this kind. What kind? The kind of casting out devils and, and seeing demonic powers loose from people. This kind comes forth by fasting and prayer. So we need to be involved in it all. But so, uh, he, he said, do not touch in verse 21 there, or do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. So we, we need, uh, but angels should not be objects. Of worship. Amen. Look what uh, John said in Revelation 22, verse 8 and 9. I'm the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and saw, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who showed me those things. But listen to what the angel said. But he said to me, do those things who heed the words of this book. Worship God. In other words, don't worship me, John. Worship God. Angels are messengers. Angels are creations of God to come do something. Look at Romans 1.25. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. See, God doesn't want us worshiping anyone but him. He's the Lord God. 
Serve Him. Worship Him. Amen? Now, angels have specific jobs to do. Number one, they're to be worshipers of God themselves. Angels surround the throne of God, worshiping Him all the time. They're to do service for God. They do service for Him. And they minister for the saints, that's us, who are heirs of salvation. Angels have that job to do. And they're to protect and deliver God's people. Angels have a job. They bring encouragement. Angels will encourage you. Angels will speak, not of themselves, but of God. And they'll give a message from God to encourage you. Listen, sometimes we need a little encouragement. Amen. But they, they, they execute God's will toward men and nations. They, uh, they have, they're over the affairs of nations and are guided by them. Other, listen, I want to tell you, there's angelic beings that God has assigned to the United States of America, to other countries of this world. I have flown, when I have flown into some of the third world countries that we were ministering in in some pastor's conferences, you could sense as you were flying into the airspace of those particular areas. I remember one time going over into Africa, uh, and we were ministering in Kenya, and um, uh, another little country there right beside it. But you could sense. Now, this is back when uh, the, the rebels were really uprising and tra- taking over. And you, you remember Reinhard Bonnke had the largest tent in the world. He had his tent up in Africa during this uprising uh, of these uh, of the evil ones coming up, you know, and trying to annihilate Christianity and, and Christians. And the, they literally took the tent down because of the uh, behavior of of, where, of the uh, militants that were there where they were, and they literally took the tent down. Now, somebody said, well, he shouldn't have feared. Well, I don't know. I, you know, I think sometimes you just got to use wisdom and let God direct you and guide you, and I'm not going to judge him. <laughs> uh, Reinhard Bonnke had a great ministry, great man of God, and he, he, he went around this world, and miracle after miracle after miracle after miracle took place. I heard him in person in Columbus, Ohio, and I'll never forget, he was ministering to the ministers, and he was talking about getting in the will of God and standing in the will of God, and he made this statement. He said, I wake up. Every day in the will of God. In other words, I don't go seeking some superficial feeling or supernatural feeling or some supernatural sign to determine whether I'm in the will of God. You can come up, you can wake up in the morning and begin to follow God. The peace of God will umpire your heart and rule your heart and he'll guide your steps and direct every step you take. And so, you know, thank God for that. But uh, but you, but, but when we fly in those areas, you could sense the powers of darkness. I mean the powers of darkness that were over that region. And these are demonic powers. This is what Daniel wrestled when he was praying. And uh, the prince of Persia withstood him, you know. Uh, the prince of Persia, what was the prince of Persia? It wasn't a physical human being. It was a spirit being in the heavens itself that was assigned to be the head honcho over all the evil angels up there. And that's exactly what it was. And he said, but the prince of Persia had resisted. And that's when the, uh, the angel of the Lord came and said, hey, Daniel, God heard you the first time you prayed. He heard you the first day you prayed. But we've had a little trouble with something up in the heavens. And he said, but we've taken care of it now. And God's going to do what he said he would do. Hallelujah. So listen, we, we understand that God is still on the throne. 
Jesus is still Lord. No demon power, no demonic power, no, no, no devil angelic being is above God. Every evil angel is one that got kicked out with Lucifer. And they're already defeated. And they hear the rattle of the chain of the end time when they're going to be cast into the bottomless pit also. That's what the Word declares. And that's what the Word says. But they, uh, uh, angels have a specific job to do. And uh, now there's three things that should be present if you encounter an angel. How many has ever sensed that maybe an angel was in your presence and maybe you just afraid to open your eyes? <laughs> have you ever sensed that an angel might be present? Some of you have seen the presence of angels by the manifestation of things that happened around you. You've been saved from accidents. Sudden accidents. You, you, and, and, and you don't understand it. I, we were in a bad rainstorm. On an Interstate 59 out of Houston uh, one night going to church. And, and I mean, you couldn't even see in front of you. You couldn't see behind you. I mean, the only thing you could do, just keep going. Because if you pulled off the side of the road, somebody wouldn't see you. If they pulled off the side of the road, they'd hit you, you know. So you just kept going. But all of a sudden, down the embankment on the service road, we saw this car lose control. And coming up the embankment at a high rate of speed, up the embankment towards us. And I mean, we were... It looked like we didn't know what was going to take place. But there was not a whole lot we could do except say, Jesus! <laughs> and I looked in my rearview mirror and a big 18-wheeler was coming up behind us. And I mean, he put on his brakes. And, I, and, and you know, to be honest, he should have rammed right in the back of us. But all of a sudden, that 18-wheeler just come to a halt. Just like that. I'd like to see what he saw. Because I believe if he saw anything, he saw a mighty angel of God just holding that truck back and just stopping it. Hallelujah. And you've got, you've got testimonies. You've got instances where angels of God have showed up on your, on your behalf. But there's different angels. But there's three things that we should have if, if, a, if an angel comes in, in, and visibly to you. I mean, angels can manifest themselves. But number one, if an angel comes, you should sense peace. Perfect peace. Now, I know there's going to be a natural fear when something like that happens. I mean, uh, uh, there's going to be a natural uh, reaction of uh, fear of not uh, uncertainty, not knowing, you know. I mean, if you never had a visitation from an angel, and all of a sudden, but it should minister peace. Peace. He doesn't minister anything that would get you riled up. He doesn't minister anything that's going to cause you to be nervous. He ministers peace. Anytime the angels showed up in, in the New Testament, peace. Peace. They just said peace. Peace. And there should be joy. When an angel shows up, there should be joy, a manifestation of joy in our midst. And it should be, if an angel shows up, he has a message from God. Sometimes angels have a message from God. Now, I still believe the best way is for the revelation by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, to lead you. 
Some people have had angels show up, and they have went off the other direction. And they've exalted themselves. Ministers have exalted themselves. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just real cautious and careful when anybody comes up to me. I had somebody come up to me one night in one of my services. And they said, oh, let me just feel those anointed hands. Those anointed hands. Because God was doing some miracles, you know. And I, I, t- I said, no, 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 you got it wrong. It's not these hands. It's what Jesus did on the cross 2,000 years ago. I'm just in obedience to the word. Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It's not me doing anything. It's God doing it. Hallelujah. It's God, what God has already provided through Jesus Christ and doing it. And so I, I don't want to ever get in a position, Brother Hass, where somebody is puffing me up. But when an angel comes and manifests, there's usually going to, there's going to be peace, there's going to be joy, and he will have a direct message from God for you. Hallelujah. Now, there's different angels for different jobs. Angels who minister to the righteous. Angels, God's agents in judgment. And we've seen angels throughout the Word. In the Old Testament, I want to just go through these quickly. Uh, he appeared to Abram in Genesis 18, verse 2 and 4. And he said, uh, he lifted up his eyes and looked. Behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground and said, My Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass, uh, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. Now, that's Genesis 18, 2 and 4. Angels appeared to Abraham. He saw them. He talked to them. He refreshed their feet. Then over in Genesis 22, uh, 11 and 18, remember when uh, Isaac had been born, the promised child, to, uh, to Abraham. And God promised him that in, when Sarah was 90, he was 100, you're going to have a baby, you know. <laughs> and God performed his word. Isaac was born. And the angel of the Lord came after the, the lad had grown up to be a teenager now. Isaac was a teenager. And he, here he was. He had learned how to worship God with his dad. Listen, how many knows it's important? Abraham was an example to his children. And it's important for every man to be an, an example to the children uh, that they have. And in many cases, we can be an example to the grandchildren, great-grandchildren, great-great-grandchildren. Because we can still serve in that capacity as a spiritual father to all of them. Amen? Because that's what God's called us to be. We're fathers in that sense. But Abraham was obeying the Lord, and God said, I want you to take your son now, your only son Isaac, and offer him as a sacrifice. Did you know Abraham didn't question God? He went, he got his servants together, they got all the stuff together for the sacrifice, put it on the, the burrows or donkeys or whatever they used to carry him up the mountain. And, and the servants were wondering where he was going. He said, look, my son and I are going to go to that mountain yonder over there. And we're going to worship the Lord there and we shall return. God told him, you're going to take your son and slay him. <laughs> and put him on the altar and slay him. And on the way up, by the way, Isaac, he had been serving God uh, for several years in his teen years with Abraham. And he had done sacrifices unto the Lord. That's what they did back then. He had saw that. And he was going up the mountain. He said, hey, Dad. He said, you know, we got the wood. We got the rope. We got everything to build the altar with. But where is the sacrifice? And Abraham looked at him and said, God will provide. 
God will provide. Hallelujah. I tell you what, that's confidence, isn't it? That's confidence in God. I mean, Abraham could have wrung his hands and said, oh, Isaac, I don't know. Forgive me, son. Forgive me, son. I, I hope I don't have to heal you. Oh, forgive me. I, I don't know what's going to happen. No, no, no. He had confidence in God. He told his servants, we're going to go to that mountain yonder and worship the Lord and we shall return. Amen. And then Isaac said, where's the sacrifice? And he said, God will provide. And they got up there. And you know what? Isaac didn't squirm. He didn't resist. He laid himself on the altar. Abraham strapped him down on the altar. Abraham drew the knife back to literally slay his son. But you see, the thing is, Abraham had faith in his God that God said, from this seed, from this seed, the earth is going to be blessed. From this seed, out of you, you're going to see the blessings of God come. And he stood on that word, and he knew that God was going to provide himself a lamb. Praise God. And as he brought the knife down, he heard the rustle in the, in the bushes over there, and there was the ram caught in the thicket. And thank God, I'm sure Isaac was saying, Whew, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but, you know, the thing is, God provided. But... We have to come to that place. The angel of the Lord came to Abraham. And he said, don't lay your hand on the lad. Don't do anything to him. For I know that you fear God since you've not withheld your son, your only son, from me. This is God talking to Abraham after all this took place. And then Abraham lifted his eyes and there behold him was a ram caught in the thicket. See, Abraham was ready to do it. He was ready to do the job. Then God spoke and said, I see that you mean business with me, Abraham. And I'm going to do what I said I would do. And he took the ram, offered it. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time and said, By myself I've sworn, says the Lord, because you've done this thing. And I've not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you. Multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of heaven. And as the sand is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. Listen, possessing the gate was important. The gate was an important part. Remember when Samson went up and, and uh, he took the gates of the city one night from the enemy's camp and took the gates down? And that's a sign that they've been invaded and they've been taken over when the gates, the gates were important. It's an important symbol. And the Lord said, I'll bless you, multiply and I'll multiply your descendants. Uh, and your descendants shall possess the gate of the enemies and your seed. All the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you've obeyed my voice. An angel of God. Hagar. This is the one that was uh, uh, Sarah's uh, uh, servant to her. And when Sarah realized she couldn't have a child, she told Abraham to go into her. And at least we'd have a seed from him uh, or from her. And uh, so all of this happened. And then when the baby was born. Hmm. Now, all this happened before Isaac got come along. <laughs> before the baby was born. Sarah got jealous. Now, that's a normal thing. I, I, I mean, I said what I'm saying. I mean, that's a normal reaction for Sarah. She got jealous. And so, Hagar takes off with her son. And running. And the angel of the Lord, in Genesis 16, 7, found her by a spring of water in the wilderness and by the spring on the way to Shur. And God encouraged her, told her to go back. Go back. God's with her. 
And when she got there, God had already talked to Sarah. <laughs> God had already got everything smoothed out. And, of course, Ishmael became the originator of the Arab nations. And uh, so sometimes, you know, what you do can hinder you down the road. If you don't do God's bidding and do it God's way, it can become uh, a nightmare to you down the road. It's important that we do what God says now and do it God's way so that God's blessings can be upon us all the way. Amen. I, I don't want to have no Ishmaels in my life. Amen. I, I don't want no Ishmaels in my life. I'm not talking about physical Ishmaels. I'm talking about even spiritual Ishmaels. You know, I, I, don't want, I don't want to do something that God didn't say do. I, I want to do it because God said do it. And I believe this is what uh, the attitude of our church is. Lot in, some, in Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, he was over. And listen, that's where Lot chose to go live when they had the little squabble. His herdsmen were having squabble with Abraham's herdsmen. He decided he's going to go that way. Abraham gave him his choice. You pick what you want. He took those well-watered plains of Sodom and Gomorrah. It looked so green and luscious, you know. And he, said, he went over there. And the Bible said the angels came to Sodom that evening. Why? Because Abraham had been talking to the Lord. God said, I'm going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah because it's wickedness in that city. And Abraham said, no, that's where Lot is. That's my nephew. You know, that's, where, that's where he's at and his family. And, and the Lord came to Sodom. Two angels came to Sodom in the evening because Abraham began to bargain with God a little bit. You know, if there be 50 righteous, 40 righteous, 30, uh, got down to 10 righteous. Listen, now, if there's not 10 righteous in a city, it's pretty wicked. And so Sodom and Gomorrah was pretty wicked. But what happened was the angels came that evening and Lot was sitting at the gate of Sodom. When he saw them, he rose to meet them. He bowed himself with his face toward the ground. And he said, here now, my lords, please turn in your servant's house and spend the night with, and let me wash your feet that you may rise early and go your way. So God sent angels that night to give them a message to get them out of town. And he told them this message, don't look back. Don't look, because when they got out and when they got out of the city limits, the power and the destructive power began to hit Sodom and Gomorrah. And it was going up in flames and every human being in that city was destroyed. Every human being was destroyed. And the angel said, don't look back. And what did his wife do? She said, oh, I just want to look back one more time. Listen, I want to tell you something. And I don't have to preach to the choir here because all of you believe in holiness and serving God. But maybe somebody's watching my Facebook Live. Listen, God's delivered you. God set you free. Don't turn back and look back and say, I wonder what, what it would be like if I'd stayed there, you know. What, if it, what would it be like if I had to just dwelt there and lived there? Done, my, done it my way and, and let, live my life the way I want to live my life. No, that we don't, don't turn back. Don't even look back. Don't even think back. Glory to God. We're, we're going forward. I said, we're going forward. Everyone, and listen, if you have come out of situations, and I know people that have come out of situations. Uh, I've ministered 55 years. I've, I've, come, I've encountered a lot of people, you know. But they've come out of situations that they feel terrible over. I want to tell you something. It's probably terrible things that's happened. But God's grace and God's love has washed it away in our lives and forgiven us and made us new creatures in Christ Jesus. And he's, he's elevated us to a new level in the presence of God, in his presence and in his love. So don't let the devil put, put you down for your past. 
Because, listen, God wipes away our past. And all we got to do is look forward. Now, look, it's all Sodom's wife, uh, uh, Lot's wife had to do when she's leaving Sodom and Gomorrah was just keep looking forward. Looking forward. Leave it behind. Go forward. Just go forward. And this is what God's telling us today. So the angel of the Lord was there. Amen. And uh, Moses, an angel of God, came to him and appeared to him in a flame of fire from the midst of a bush. Remember that story? Remember when he was seeking the Lord? And he came to the mountain of God, and there was a burning bush there. And the Lord appeared to him in a flame. And behold, the bush was burning with fire, but the bush was not consumed. God spoke to him. <laughs> Told him what to do. The children of Israel, Exodus fourteen nineteen. the angel of God who went before the camp of Israel moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. Listen, God protects. He protected the children of Israel when they got out of Egypt. He was right there with them all the time. And God is not going to leave us in a lurch. Hallelujah. God's got his angels too. Can you say amen? And... Uh, Oh, my goodness, we could go on and on and on and on. And Elijah under the juniper tree, and he went into a cave and spent the night in the place. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, and he said, Where, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God and for the children of Israel. And, uh, for the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant. They've torn down your altars, killed your prophets and the sword. And I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. And he said, go stand in the mountain before the Lord. And the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind was in the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice came. And it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went and stood in the entrance of the cave. And suddenly a voice came to him and said, Where, what are you doing here, Elijah? He said, I've been very zealous for the Lord God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken your covenant, torn down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they seek to take my life. Then the Lord said to him, Go return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when you arrive, anoint Hazel as king over Syria. Praise God. Listen, God's power is with us. God's angels are with us. And we could go on and on. But as, as I was ministering and meditating on this this morning, and, and, and I believe 100%, I mean 100% in angels. I believe the angels are real. And I'm not doubting that. But what I want to, what I want to this is what God showed me this morning. We're in, a, we're in a different and new position today than what the Old Testament saints were. I said we're in a different position because we've been redeemed by the blood. We've been made the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. And uh, we're born again. We're made in His likeness. And the Holy Spirit gives us resurrection power. We've got resurrection power with us right now. And He told Peter and those who saw Him ascend to heaven, look what He told them. You've heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days hence. But you shall receive power in Acts 1 and 8 after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Then he told Peter and his disciples over in Matthew 16, verse 18, 19. This is Jesus talking to them. He said, I say to you that you're Peter and upon this rock I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And Jesus used the Word of God. Now, listen. What, I, what God was beginning to show me this morning is this. And I, I know we've all seen it, but God just reemphasized it to me. 
we don't have to, and I want to say this right, if we're waiting on the angels of God to manifest, we're missing out on something because we don't have to wait any longer. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. And because he paid the price, we've got the right, biblical right, the authoritative right, as believers in the Lord. And we, we can say that, you know, the Holy Ghost is, is in us. The power of God's in you. Greater is in he that's in you than he that's in the world. Jesus said, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon me. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And then he told Peter and the disciples, I say unto you, when he was talking to them that day, you're Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I'll give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. And, and what, what I'm going to share with you this morning is, don't go out seeking angelic visitations. But let's remember, we're the redeemed. We're new creatures in Christ Jesus. We have been filled with the Holy Ghost, the power of God. The same Holy Ghost that ascended upon Jesus is in us. And by the way, what did Jesus do when the devil came to him at the Mount of Temptation? What did Jesus do? Look what he said. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. It is written again, he said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, in Matthew 4.10. For it's written. Everybody say, it's written. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. So through redemption and by his blood, we are born again, new creatures in Christ Jesus. And we have total victory and authority over the devil. We don't want to diminish the fact Satan was defeated 2,000 years ago. When Jesus cried out, it is finished, it closed the book on the devil. It is finished. And Jesus himself, by being the example to us as believers, we've been born again and we have total victory. Yes, angels appear. They appeared and did their work with the disciples, even in the New Testament, after they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Remember when Peter was preaching? They came and put him in jail. Put him in the inner prison. He was down there asleep. But the church wasn't asleep. The church was praying all night. Had an all-night prayer meeting going. How many ever had an all-night prayer meeting? I'll tell you what. It, it's a supernatural thing for us to have all-night prayer meetings. But it can be done... And I'll tell you what, they were all in an all-night prayer meeting. And while they were praying, the angel of the Lord came down and, and just kind of opened the door. Had to go in and wake up Peter. He was asleep. He was resting in the Lord, by the way. You know, that's what he was doing, just resting in the Lord. And he woke him up and said, follow me. Peter got out on the outside of the prison. He kind of shook himself. He said, whew. What happened? Where am I? Then he, then he, heard, he heard the noise over at the house. I'll tell you what, when God's people are praying, you can tell if it's holy praise or fearful praise or if it's faith 
Amen. And he's, he went over to the house, knocked on the door, and a young lady opened the door and saw Peter, and she went, ah, and ran and just left him standing there and said, he's at the door. And they were still praying. They said, hush, we're, we're praying. We're still praying for Peter now. No, 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 he's at the door. <laughs> God answered prayer. And an angel was involved in it. But what I'm saying is this. We've got the power of God on our side right now. Jesus used the word of God at the Mount of Temptation. He told the devil, it's written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word. He said, why don't you just turn this rock into bread and eat it? You're hungry. Jesus said, it's written, man shall not live by bread, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Then he tried to tempt him to jump off the, the cliff. Say, hey, God will say, the angels will come save you. He said, it's written again, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. See, what, what was Jesus doing? Using the Word. The, this is the Word of God that Jesus himself is using against the devil. Then he said in four, Matthew 4.10, get thee behind me, Satan. Because the devil said, he took him to the pinnacle and showed him all of the kingdoms out there. And he said, if you'll just bow down and worship me, it's all yours. He said, get thee behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. The Word. I want to tell you something. I believe with all my heart, there's a lot of young people that have great talents, great abilities and giftings, that the devil swayed them to go for the fame and fortune and to quit Serving God and let that be their God. Instead of turning to them and saying, get thee behind me, Satan. I tell you what, I think we've got some Christian artists today. Christian people that sing and write songs. That they, they outdo any of the worldly people. And they've got an humble spirit because they give God the glory. And they serve God. Now, I've seen some of them turn and get prideful, but you know what? God gets a hold of them, too. Yeah. Amen. Have we all got a little prideful sometimes? And God says, hey, come back here. I'm going to thump your head a little bit, you know. Yeah, that's what we used to do. My daddy used to thump our heads when we get out of line, you know. And sometimes our Heavenly Father just wants to kind of thump our heads a little bit. And Stacy, <laughs> uh, bless her heart, my wife would just... just Pinch your little leg, you know, and just twist it. <laughs> Get her attention. And I said, whew, I'm glad I'm older now. Amen. But listen, God wants us to worship Him. Still talking about angels. Angels are real. But we're not to worship the angels. We don't worship the angels. Thank God they're around us. They're with us. I, and I, and I, I believe with all my heart. Just like when Elijah and his ser- Elisha and his servant, you know, the, the enemy surrounded them. The servant was all nervous about it. He said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And the Lord just nudged Elisha. Just pray for him. Lord, open. Say, just open his eyes that he can see. Open his eyes that he can see. And finally, the eyes of the young man were opened. And he saw the multitudes of the army of angels around that place. And there were three or four times more than what the enemy was. Hallelujah. Why? Because he, they were there all the time. They were there all the time. 
And what we've got to do is just come to that point where we can say, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe. And don't let God down. Amen. let's, Let's lift up the Lord. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. The devil's a liar. He was, he was, everybody say he was defeated. He's not going to be defeated. He was defeated. And as far as we as believers, we walk in victory because Satan was defeated. Somebody said, yeah, but look what he's doing. Yeah, look what he's doing. But it's all through deceit and lies, not through any authority that he has. Because Jesus stripped him of all of his power and authority. Yeah. Hallelujah. He has no poor power and authority. Yeah, yeah, he works in people. He works in people of unbelief. He works in people that don't serve God, that don't have a love for God. He works in those because they're yielding to that. But you see, the thing is, once we understand, that's what happens when the gospel is preached and the word of God is preached. People see who they are in Christ Jesus and they see that the enemy was defeated 2,000 years ago. And because of that, we can have victory. Somebody said, are we still going to see problems in the world? Yeah. You know why? Because you still got people that don't believe God. You still have people that are surrendered to the devil instead of surrendering to God. So you're still going to have troubles. But I want to tell you something. In our, where we are right now, individually, you've got God on your side. And if God be for you, who can stand against you? Hallelujah. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I kind of get excited about this. Angels of God are on our side. And finally, Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 He said, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Now, that's talking about demonic powers. And we know know for a fact that in this age that we're in, there's demonic forces Ruling in regions and areas, uh, not only in third world countries, it's, it's taken over even in free countries. It's regions that the enemy's trying to rule and to reign. But I, what I want to share with you this morning, we don't have to get fearful because Satan was defeated. Now, somebody said, yeah, but don't look like he's defeated because we're seeing all this stuff happen, all this thing's going on. Yeah, that's because people are still yielding to him. But I want to tell you something. We still have the angels of God around us, and we can still call upon the name of the Lord, and God can still preserve us and encamp around about us. And I believe that even the enemy can see the angels of God at times and wonder where they came from. Praise God. Because God is with you. I think I've told this story before, but where the wagon train, they used to have to circle every night. And the, and the wagon master would pray and say, Lord, thank you for the angels that are encamped around about us and kept the thieves out and the people that would try to come in and do, do harm to them. And one night, they were so exhausted and tired, and, I, and, and he didn't do, gather the people around and pray. And th- that night, thieves got in. But you know what one of the questions the thieves asked? They said, What happened? Where's all that garrison of people that was around you? And they're not there tonight. Well, I I believe they were there. But, you you know, I still believe we have to commission the angels. We still have to call upon them. 
and say, Lord, we thank you. I thank you that the angels of God are camped around about us. And listen, we get in our car. We say, thank you, Lord, for safe travels. We thank you, Lord, for the angels of God that are with us. I, I believe that there's times God's kept you from sudden accidents and a lot of different things because of the angels of God that are in our life. So God's word is truth. Can you say amen? But look what he said. And I, I want to read this in 10, uh, verse 10, 13 through 13 in Ephesians 6. Finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we're not wrestling against flesh and blood, but principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual host of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So God's given us some instructions. God's given us some things that we're doing. Angels are real. Can you say amen? amen. We need to understand we're not alone. You're not by yourself. We're not, God's people are not by themselves. God's Christians are not by themselves. God still has our back covered because he's on our side. And there's more angels. Listen, remember, only one-third of the angels fell that were demons or demonic or evil angels. Only one-third fell. Two-thirds of them are still up there. <laughs> They're still under the commission of the Lord himself. So we've got twice as many angels as our demon spirits is what I'm saying. The devil's a liar. He is not victorious. Jesus is Lord. We have victory. We have everything that God says is ours. And we have the Word of God. We've got the power of the Holy Ghost. We've got the Word, the eternal Word, uh, to combat the devil with. Listen, God's giving you weapons. Use them. Praise is a weapon. Use it. Praise God. Glorify God. Use it for the Lord. And we've got an army of angels that surround us and will do battle for us in situations. Hallelujah. But see, we've got the right in the spiritual realm to take authority over the devil anyway. And if the devil tries to manifest himself, guess what? You've got the angels of God around you. They surround us today. Thank God for victory. Do you love the Lord this morning? Lift your hands and just thank God for the Word of God that's truth. Amen. God's not going to leave us in a lurch. <laughs> he doesn't leave us in a lurch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he, he can't leave us in a lurch because that would, that would go against His Word. Amen. That little, that little song, if you, remember, if you know the words to this course, y'all lead it out and help me on it. <clears throat> oh, no. Never alone, no, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone, no, never. Alone, no, never alone. He promised never to leave me, never to leave me alone. Do you believe that this morning? Let's stand to our feet. Thank God. You know, whatever you're going through, God's bigger. 
whatever, however, however big he, the devil magnifies your situation, God's still bigger. And remember, we got twice as many angels as there are demons. <laughs> Glory to God. Victory's ours in the name of the Lord. Amen.